Like a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac, we are going to be subtly artistic and uh, contradict ourselves, probably. It's another episode of Cover Me. Can't wait. Featuring your host, me, Jake Cressy, and my co-host, as always... Alex Mildenberger. And today, you may have guessed, we're covering the 1984 slam hit. Slam hit? Is that... Smash slam. Smashed. Wham, bam, thank you, man, hit. Not a David Bowie song, it's Boys of Summer. I don't even have Hedley. a Bowie connection on this one. Not even remotely. Maybe there is, I didn't think of one. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing better than I was last week. Yeah, you've learned about your feet I'm now? my feet, which were all weird. Got to see a podiatrist, got to buy some new shoes. Turns out, I didn't have what I thought I had, which was good. It was a very strange experience. What did you think you had? Hang I on. thought I had, because I, I have had some nerve impingement issues. And I, right. this, to me, felt like that, but in my foot. Okay. Uh, for for a while, and then I, I went to talk to them, and they just said, "No, this is just plantar fasciitis, your foot." And then all of a sudden, it was very strange. After that, it didn't. It like it was like it didn't feel the same anymore. Suddenly, it was like I knew what it was, mm -hmm. and it felt like that because I've had it twice before. Right. Uh, and and for some reason, I didn't think it was the same thing. I I just got it in my head it was something else and kind of okay. had myself convinced. But now I know what it is, and it's actually been getting better. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's my week. That and buying shoes. That's been thrilling me. My week has just been me trying to get up before noon. Nice. And failing most days. How'd you do today? I Terribly. I got up at 1. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I set an alarm for 10.30. The Beatles' Good Morning played. I just shut it off and went, yeah, I'll give it another half hour. Didn't work, Alex. Didn't no, fucking work. Doesn't sound like it. But here I am. Um, now we got good news for you this week. Toto's version, Toto's hit song, <laughs> number three of their three hit songs, I would say. Rosanna oh, was covered Santa. by Weezer. The In band a, Weezer. Yes, the band Weezer. That's neat. You fucking thrilled? Did you listen to it? I started it and then got distracted. So it can't be that good. I'm sure it's fine. I'm excited to cover it at a later date. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna say like I'm not a huge Weezer fan. I, I don't dislike Weezer. Yeah, I, I just never got into Weezer. Never got into them exactly. So you know, it's it's like uh, it's nice. It's a nice like I, I appreciate the joke. You know, people were trying to get them to cover a different. They were trying to get them to cover Africa. You can then, say the name of the song. I think we're gonna get sued now. <laughs> uh, but. And not not the other songs, but that song. That song we cannot mention. Not the other songs we talk about. The what? continent. I, I don't know what you're talking. Uh, anyway, um, so I appreciate the little bait and switch thing, um, and and but uh, I never finished listening to the song. But I think I still have it open in my browser, so I'll, I'll get to it. That's I'm good. sure it's I'm sure it's amusing. Let's look forward to that. This is a foreshadowing, as they call it in <clears> literary terms. Because we're going to be talking about get this cover songs. That's right, that's what this podcast is about. Do we mention that in the start? This is the podcast, the only podcast, that takes a look at a song and then says, this song has a lot of covers. Let's talk about them for at least 40 minutes. It's called Cover Me. It's called Cover Me. Did we say that? I'm your host as always, <laughs> Jake Cresty, and with me, my beautiful co-host. Alex Millenberger. <laughs> look at that. So let's start talking about Boys of Summer. Now, yes. the song was uh, released in 1984. By Don Henley on the album Building the Perfect Beast? Is that correct? Beast. Building the Perfect Beast. Now, Don Henley is, of course, the former Eagles vocalist and drummer. And drummer, yeah. I Not actually... the sole vocalist for the no, Eagles, though, right? No, they all kind of sang at different yeah. points in time, and they all have different songs. I did see, there's a big, like, two-part Eagles documentary on Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of, I my dad watched it, I popped in and out for different parts, I don't know who was talking, but there was one, like, producer guy or manager or something who referred to Don Henley as the Golden Throat. I just wanted to point that out, and I have nothing else to say about it. <laughs> That's good. That's like when there was the informant for uh, Watergate, Deep Throat. I don't know why anyone thinks it's good to include the word throat in a nickname. I think that was specifically named after the porno. Was it? I can't remember. It could be. It's but probably. But it is a porno. Do you, like, what is your what game when you're like, I'm gonna like drop the biggest news in political history. Also, my name's gonna be about sucking dick. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think I would do that now. Yeah, it's, they're like, what's your name? He's like, tossing salad. Alright. Something sex act. Something, yeah, it's, it's when you eat ass. Which is more popular with the kids these days. Eating butts. Yeah. 
It's all, it's everywhere. Hashtag butt eaten. If you want to talk about eating butts. So anyway, this... <laughs> <laughs> Don't even talk to Back me about to the it. song. <laughs> you know. So yeah, the Golden Throat himself, Don Henley. But the, Henley. the, so the rhythm, I find this interesting. Yes. The rhythm oh, was actually, uh, so the, all the instruments basically were composed by Mike Campbell. Mike Campbell. Who is a guitarist of, and songwriter. TP primarily, and yeah, of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I thing. actually, I, kind of my first thought coming in, you know, you turn the, you start the song and it comes in on, on like a, uh, I think hi-hat yeah. thing and maybe snare. I'm not great with drum identification or other. He hits one drum that makes the one noise and then he hits <clears> the, the other one. So the intro is just on the percussion mostly at, at the start and Knowing Don Henley was, was, uh, you know, the drummer of the Eagles, I had to look up, was it him actually playing that? Apparently it wasn't, it was just some fucking kid. It really just was really just young a, child. Was it the kid from the music video? No, that was just the kid in the music okay. video. Okay. It was just oh, like, oh my, but it was really just some fucking kid in the music video. Damn. <laughs> yeah, so it's Mike Camley, he wrote it on a, on a drum machine. He had some four-track recorder, and he used the like the new drum machine of the time to record that. And he was like, "Yo, Tom, check this out." And Tom Petty's like, "I don't think that goes with what we're like doing right now." So that's how Tom Petty talks, I think. What? <laughs> Rest in peace, Tom Petty. Rip. Um, and then Jimmy Iovine. Ah, uh, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Iovine, <laughs> as Bruce Springsteen would say, took that and showed it to Don Henley, and Don Henley was like, "Oh, this is super cool." Which is weird that he's the drummer and wasn't like, I can do my own rhythms. He was like, that's a good rhythm. Peace. Well, I mean, if he's a drummer, he knows good yeah, rhythms. Yeah, I guess he does. So he threw it on in his car and then wrote the lyrics. I don't know if he threw it on in his car, drove, and like, wrote I mean, on a notepad. It's a good driving song. It's a hell of a good driving so... song. It's the quintessential summer track, I think. I mean, it's it's up there. Like, he's... he's is he standing on a car in the music video, or is he just He's kind supposed of to be driving it. Driving it, but he's actually kind of... It doesn't it really looks, look like he's It driving. resembles much more the uh, piano playing while going down a street of the... Whatever that fucking song's called. <laughs> Making my way downtown. Oh, home fuck. Down, I'm homebound. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know the name. <laughs> of, of course, now, when <laughs> And it's I miss totally you, and I need you, diddly diddly diddly. Uh, nope. <laughs> and now I wonder if I could fall. I'm gonna keep doing this until we fucking undo the sky. Do you I think time would pass me by? Is it, yeah, is it I walk a thousand miles? Yeah, uh, there's a good chance. Um, I can't remember. I wanted to mention something, though, because I was that song, Alex? Album, I also found the another Don Henley album called The End of Innocence, and on the mm -hmm. front of that, he kind of looks like Corey Feldman. Oh, I yeah. just wanted to point that out. That is it, it's a thousand miles. It's by Vanessa Carlton. Yeah. There we go. We nailed it. We got there. But yeah, that's what it reminded me of, because he just kind of like, he moves his body in a way that speaks more to piano playing than it does to, to driving. To driving. But then the big reveal at the end is the that he's just on a in front of a screen. He like just walks off. He drives an actual car off. Ooh, he's like, a Cadillac. Oh, doesn't say. You can't tell. Say. I couldn't tell. Certainly. Yeah. Should we talk about? So it comes in. It comes in with the. Yeah. With the I, I had more to say about oh, Mike Warner, Campbell. Warner, he's Warner, actually uh, as of April 9th, twenty eighteen, this year. He's joined Fleetwood Mac to That's be exciting. one of the two guitarists to replace Lindsey Buckingham. Because you Lindsay, always need two guitarists to replace Lindsey Buckingham. Because he's for some incredible. Reason. But what is Fleetwood Mac still going without Lindsey Buckingham like right now? Yeah, like just touring, I imagine. I don't think they're in the studio. Fair enough. It's just, did he like leave because he's mad or something? Like, I don't fighting? know. Anyway, that's probably, that's probably we'll probably get into that some. Sometime. Yeah, I was, I, I was gonna say. So he's done a lot of songwriting <laughs> for Tom Petty. He's also worked with just like everybody, like Bob Dylan, uh, Fleetwood Mac. He's worked with in the past as well. Mike Campbell's a huge deal. Sounds like it. And like, I, I never knew. Obviously him. worked on this song. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, fucking award-winning fucking thing. So the music video, <clears throat> if we want to talk, should we talk about more about the song first? Let's talk a bit more about the song. Yeah. I, I brought up the music video and it's come up, but I do feel like we should. Get so the song, the song is played in the key of E flat minor. Just yeah. a little fun fact. Yeah, or maybe. Is it E flat minor? Yeah, that's what it says on Wikipedia, my dude. Yeah. Well, there you go. Why would you write down something stupid? And G. Wrong? You wrote G. Yeah. What are you stupid? No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I could, I would never have picked one. Did you? E minor or E minor? 
Well, it says E flat minor. Hmm. Well, I guess I was off. I was off. By yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah, what you get a lot of in this one, it's a consistent drum beat and uh, guitar riff throughout the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it's got the sort of riff, and I had G, F sharp, D written down, but if it's G... Well, it's a 157. No, it's 175, rather, is what, the, what it's supposed to be. That is what it be. said. Yeah. 175. So it's on Wikipedia. Dun, 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 and that's the one, right? Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun, Which is why I thought it was... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that one. So it's basically just those three, or for a lot of it, uh, being played over the chord, various chord changes. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of like this guitar lick going on. Yeah. It started where it goes... Yeah, it's a lot of just like... I, I guess you just call it noodling. It's not really a it solo, right? Be, yeah, because like it's it's basically... They just keep playing like that riff. Yeah, or, or so the, 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 the riff the, and the, the drums are consistent throughout. The 175 doesn't happen during, I believe, the... Um, Chorus. Right. You could be right on that. I wasn't paying attention to that too, you probably singing along during the chorus. So <laughs> I love this song a lot. This is on the first CD I ever burned, back when I was like Ooh. six. And obviously had, I don't talk about this again with the, the drummer child, but like I had nothing to look back on in terms of romance. <laughs> like, what Fair was I enough. doing? This is a song that seems to be very much about kind of uh, nostalgia and looking Yeah, back. it's definitely so. got that, that like essence of summer love, but it's also, I think, yeah, more generally about looking back <laughs> and being like, wow, I sure used to be younger. And, like, things yeah, have changed. Yeah, and there might be some more stuff. Let's see if I have notes on it. Um, yeah, there we go. Cuts out for chorus. Um, my take on it, mm-hmm. or, or what I kind of thought, like, it does seem, obviously it's about... There's like a love story there. There seems mm-hmm. to be through the summer. It's 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 summer loving. Yeah, it's it's almost the grease <laughs> song, Greece, but like not but, shitty. But it works a little. It's a little better, I think. It's, yeah, it's got more it's a, like melancholy and, tones and, to it. But she seems to have left him or left or something. I always thought uh, it was just summer's like, over. Because I think when you the bring in the idea of boys of summer, it's this idea that it was. Because back then we didn't have Facebook or... Yeah, it was a lot more difficult. You'd have to write that. letters. You know how exhausting yeah. that is? <laughs> what's what's your home address? Ugh. Oh, fuck that. So yeah, I think it's like just a point in time where it existed and could have only existed in this. So that's why it says, like, even after <laughs> The Boys of Summer, who I love is a supernatural concept... Like these dudes just return to the sand the after, boys. yeah. They just like they come out and they're like, "All right, on, let's hit the waves, my dude. <laughs> let's crack in and kill the ones, make some weed. We're gonna blast some beach boys." <laughs> and then just they they fucking disappear once. Just gone. <laughs> it's gone. Like September twenty first, they're like, "No one's outside." Turn back to stone. Nothing. But then there's also some parts at the end, and I was trying. To sort of reconcile it, because they talk about the deadhead sticker on the catalog, which right. didn't click for me until I read. Read it, it. yeah. And they, it's this imagery of it's a deadhead sticker, so like kind of a hippie thing. Yeah, this sort of anti-capitalist, yeah, anti-establishment versus a Cadillac, which is an expensive car. Yeah. So that's sort of the the juxtaposition there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got me thinking about like, well, it's about like selling out and stuff. And then I was thinking about Don Henley, so I think there's sort of some subtext there about sort of going as a musician, starting in sort of the early days, having fun, and you know, yeah. whatever, and then getting into success, and not even necessarily selling out, but you know, having to work now for money. And, yeah, and, this, and there is an S. Leaving it's the not... innocent period behind, mm-hmm, so it's exactly. sort of a loss of innocence. And the next, I think his next album is called The End of Innocence. So right. Kind of yeah, so there's a loss out. of innocence on multiple levels. Yeah. There's and the, the natural other... aging process, but also the aging of your own career. Yeah. And the other thing I just wanted to mention about the selling out thing was mm-hmm. the second time he talks about sunglasses or not... Wayfarers. Yeah, he actually says Wayfarers, which is a brand... So I thought that might be Yeah, yeah, too. I know, right? The Wayfarers, that's made by Ray-Ban, right? I believe so. Yeah, because you know what I always say? Ray-Ban's more like rape fans. <laughs> hey! Hey! Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we'll be able to talk about Run the Jewels in a cover context on this. <laughs> uh, we'll just talk about Meow the Jewels, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, they're all bad. covers. It's, it's covers. Not really. They're covered by cats. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. But, yeah, so, yeah, lyrically, it's uh, about a loss of innocence and, yeah, this loss of love as well 
I had something to say, and it was smart. And yeah, I think the the instrumentation, I think the composition of the piece musically brings that out because it's not. We'll see some other versions where it's stripped down. Yeah. But this piece is actually the original is fairly busy in terms of it things was. going on. It was a lot of it is basically like you said, kind of new. Like it's it's the this is the rhythm, and then the the mm-hmm. and then just like other shit going on. Yeah, just and, like, guitar kind of weave. Yeah, and it has like these sort of soft stripped down moments and. Yeah the chorus always kind of picks up. So it's not just... We'll find versions where I feel like it's all down-tempo, but this one, I think, has a combination of down and yeah, up. Yeah, and I think the other part of that is, kind of, when he's in the chorus, um, he's talking about the summer. That's his memory of the mm-hmm. summer. So it's so happy. It's kind of... Yeah, he's, when he's looking back, and then the, the verses are, are what's happening now. Yeah, sort of bitter, bittersweet. And it's a little bit lower key, so it, it works pretty well. Yeah, it's a brilliant piece. It won... The music video won several awards. Uh, Don Henley won the award for Best Male Rock Vocal Performance in 1986. I don't know how they... Because this came out in 1984. Two years later. <laughs> Two years later, so I don't know when the album came out, maybe, because this, I imagine, was a single... Could have been. I, I didn't I seem to mention anything. Yeah, it could I be. Don't know. I, yeah, I don't know how the fucking Grammys work. Some weird, <laughs> weird rule stuff about like maybe it was released in one particular region later or something like that. They probably don't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm just making that up. I don't know. Oh, also <clears throat> number four hundred and sixteen on Rolling Stone's five hundred greatest songs of all time. You'll recall, keen listeners will remember that Wild Thing was, I believe, 257? Uh, okay, so I probably don't agree with that. Yeah, I certainly <laughs> don't agree with that at all. But, uh, but I think they probably look at it in terms bad. of historical value, too. Yeah, Wild Thing Wild Thing probably is called more formative. Especially, I don't know when, when, do you know when that list was made? Mm, after 1984 at the very no, least. No, after 1984, <laughs> I think before, because there have been like a lot of these covers that we're going to be talking about yeah. were like past... Five years. Yeah, like it's seven, the, the eight, earliest eight, one is 2002, 2001. Yeah. So there was actually quite a, quite a, um, a break. A and big then gap, there were a couple, yeah. And then there was another big gap, and then now there was Yeah, and there's some interspersed. There were some I found from 2007 when I looked again. Okay. We're, just we're not, not talking about We're not those. talking about so They sounded, more. they, like, a lot of these I found on Spotify, but they're, like, by dudes with just, like, a band camp oh, page. yeah. Some of them, and like others are a little more successful than that. So there's a bit of a blurred mix here. I just didn't want to throw too fucking many on. But yeah, if you guys think we've missed one that you want to mention, by all means, hit me up Bring on Twitter. Because yeah, Wikipedia wasn't much help because it only mentioned two covers. Two covers. <laughs> didn't even have a nice handy list. You're making our job hard for us so people. So much harder. Jesus. Also, unrelated. Deadhead. DH. Don Henley. DH. Connection. Maybe. Holy shit! Because Don Henley also feels that he sold out. That's you could write a paper on. Could that. write a whole. I did. You it's did paper. You, that paper. It's a, a collection of short notes. Okay, let's talk. Can we talk about the music video, which was also let's, a let's award-winning music video? A bit more. There's but it, it won. It drums. won video of the year 1985, which is before the Grammy Awards from 1986. I mean, I guess it makes sense if the video comes out a little bit later. Yeah. But the song won awards after the music video. I won't pretend to know. I don't. Yeah, just just to further confuse us on the Grammy situation. <laughs> But yeah, so this video focuses on Don Henley, presumably. And a little boy playing drums. Well, who's, I think, supposed to represent Don, Don Henley, Henley in the past. as a young person? Yes. And then a businessman at a desk who's Don Henley of the future. Ooh. Which, why is he a businessman of the future? Why is he, like, he plays drums, he's He's, he's at a glass, like, executive drums. desk. Is he just, like, what's he managing? It's a metaphor. I guess. At first I thought he was a scientist, and then there were empty bottles of booze. I was like, well, that's not science. <laughs> You've never done science before. So we got some... I actually really do like this video. It's directed by Jean-Baptiste and something. French guy? Yeah, French dude. So it's been called a French New Wave video. I don't really know what that means. I know, right? So I'm just bringing up... Jean-Baptiste Mondino. Mondino? Modino? He does a lot of music videos, actually. David Bowie, Mick Jagger, others... Presume, oh, made probably not, hopefully not David Bowie and Mick Jagger because Dancing <laughs> in the Streets is a terrible music it, video. It's not very artsy. No, it is hilarious though. <laughs> but yeah, so he directed this. It's all in black and white, and our our primary scene is the two Don Henley and some girl running on the beach. That's kind of the first shot we get. Yeah. And it's supposed to establish that this is what everybody's looking back on. This is summer. It's cool, because he has, like, projectors in almost every scene where it's playing, like, just behind some of the actors, mm-hmm. 
which is sick. We've got the young kid in a room playing, like, it's like a living room, I think. There's a lamp in the back and, like, a couch. Something like that. And he's playing the drum beat. And then you got the old dude, the older dude, because it's still just Don Henley, but he's, like, got glasses on now, so he's old. And he's doing paperwork. And then you got Don Henley driving a car. That was finger quotes. That was finger quotes, yeah. That was the vocal. Don Henley just kind of standing and singing. Yeah. <clears throat> um... What I thought was weird about this one is there's shots of, I guess it's Don Hanley and sometimes two Don Hanleys and they're jumping behind a chain link fence. Oh, I totally missed that. They're just going like, it looks like they're practicing like volleys and volleyball or something. Maybe they're just <coughs> hanging out because it's the summer, but now they're gone because it's not the summer. Why is he's in swimwear by a chain link fence? That's not where you do that. Symbolism, man. Is that what volleyball players used to do? I don't know. Probably not. Damn, I've mixed up my, my fucking notes for both this song and the music video. So I already covered that. He looks like Vanessa Carlton in uh, A Thousand Miles, which was funny. <laughs> and, okay, so he does, so he is, don't look back, you can never look back. Can never look back. The kid looks back, the old dude looks back, and then we get to see Don Henley turning around from looking back. Ooh. What's the kid looking back on? Because <laughs> he literally looks back on the scene of... Presumably his future romance. So he's looking ahead. Because it's on the projection is like the beach. So the kid's actually looking ahead. Yeah. So the kid's doing good? I don't know. Because yeah, I guess that kind of paints it. He's like, I'm practicing this drum so I can have sex on the beach. I should practice more drums. That sounds like a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, well, it's, it only works, I think, if you're Don Henley. Shit. I wish I had that golden throat. <laughs> oh, man. If only, if only. So yeah, that doesn't seem to make sense, but overall, I think this is actually a really good music video. I thought it was... That the symbolism's there. Yeah, and you got people looking sad, and there's a, there's a woman stuff. by a pool, and she's flipping through a magazine. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's true. It shows her sometimes. She's, yeah. I assume already left, and like she's remembering it too, but like they're apart or whatever, and she's just... Yeah, because like, I mean, even the pool itself is a symbol of the beach, right? Ooh. So you got the water there. It's everywhere, you guys. It's everywhere. There's Symbolism is everywhere. I can't even dig these many layers. Um, one line I want to talk about. You're walking real slow and you're smiling at everyone. How slow is real slow? Like, real slow. Like, that sounds infuriating, right? Let me demonstrate by walking around. Oh, shit. Do I have to do some Foley work? There you go. <laughs> wow, Alex, that's... That's, I feel like your footsteps are too quick. That <laughs> is not real slow. Okay, now let's, like give a... me real slow. But imagine my stride's not too long. That's too slow, I think. If that's real it's slow. It's real slow, Can you man. imagine somebody just being like. It's just casual. Uh, and they've made it through like one little square of sidewalk. What are those footstep sounds will actually come up on the recording? I saw some movement here, so. Okay, good. So hopefully it translates. Uh, yeah, that's the Don Henley one, I think, summarized, unless yeah, you have anything I mean, else to say. I don't have anything else to say about it. And here we go to the yeah, ones that right Wikipedia now. covered. I think these might be the I think least, the... like the lowest quality of the covers we're about to go through. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll be talking about it. Okay, let's talk about oh, fucking DJ Sammy. Let's talk about DJ Sammy. D so DJ Sammy, don't know a lot about DJ Sammy, but I will say this. His cover of the song I, Heaven is it? Oh yeah, so it is a dude. DJ Sammy's a dude. DJ Sammy's a dude. Okay, it's just, it's a woman singing. Though. Okay, right. So I just remember when I was like in elementary school and we were all listening to Heaven by DJ Sammy, and right. of course also the Brian Adams version because we did both. Right. Um, I someone told me, oh DJ Sammy's a man. And I was like, what? A man sings like that? No, it's a no. woman singing. But I was he, like, so like, DJ wow, like DJ that. Sammy sounds like a girl. So DJ Sammy does like twelve, the... so it seemed like a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. So DJ Sammy does the bits that are like he just does the annoying electronic bits. He's I assume does all the production because yeah. when I looked at the credits, it was like him, and then everyone else was listed as vocals. Okay, and is that him with the fucking rat tail? I think so. Oh my god, <laughs> that fucking rat tail, dude. So, so that's the music video. Let's talk <laughs> about the, the song. Video. Let's break Let's down the, the song. song real quick. Um, so he does still does the intro guitar lick. I don't know if they actually like did a re-recording or just had to be. He's a 
he's a producer guy. Yeah. He's that kind of stuff. He does like, production. Like, he's a DJ. It's DJ business, Sammy. But it still has like a, it doesn't have the hi-hat snare stuff, but it does have the Yeah, so it starts out both in the terms of the music video and the song being very true to what yeah. the original is, because he's alone on a street in a car, both in the music video and then it's the classic riff at the start of the song. But be, uh, and I think after that an point, early two thousands dance song. Yeah, I feel like it sounds like something anyone today could make a garage band. Like <laughs> there would be a hundred remixes of this song on YouTube that sound exactly the same and all sound like this. Mm-hmm. Still does. It still has the the, the one seven five. Yeah. Thing. Oh yeah, and it's just so it's this like upbeat dance mix. Mm-hmm. To me, it reminds me of uh, <laughs> you know, Andre three thousand with uh, Hey Ya. But without the self awareness, yeah, because that one has really the line, seem... "Y'all don't want to hear me, you just want to dance." Yeah. So this this is like, Boys of Summer. If you didn't really know what Boys of Summer was about, because yeah. like, and I get it. Like you can still talk about nostalgia without showing what happens next. It's like this maybe is just thinking back, but like the music video is just a bunch of people having fun on a beach, and, and all the driving. dudes are wearing jeans. <laughs> on the beach, dude. Well, I guess I was just too busy looking at the ladies on the beach to notice the men. I kept trying to find the dude with the fucking rat tail. He shows up at the end. Also, yeah. he's driving a Mercedes, not a Cadillac. Yeah. Does it matter? Does it, I, I think it matters that he's driving anything nice, because the whole point of that line is... Yeah, I, I don't get the idea that this particular video was really meant to capture the the same yeah the same themes so yeah this and this one's fucked up because he, he passes by these women on the road who almost <laughs> look like the girl we're supposed to assume it's, he had this summer romance with yeah and then it's not clear whether they're just hallucinations or if they're actually just standing on this deserted True. fucking highway <laughs> my notes say sexy hitchhiker question mark answer sexy, who answer? knows no answer <laughs> And yeah, so I was wondering breaks. if he got the rat tail during the course of his summer. If he got it after, because he's like, I need to remember her. But at the end, he has it when he he's sitting there. The... I think it's just he's just going to the beach and then they have a party. Yeah. I don't think there's really much of a progression there. It's yeah, and yeah, they have that party at night, but there's clearly some it's industrial like... like stage lighting because <laughs> they're lit up. Man, here's a great part. Do you remember when that dude in the t-shirt and jeans just picks up some sand and puts it on a woman? No, I just remember when they start throwing water at each other. Yeah. And, and they then play they get like, the buckets. That's right. And they play, uh, like, badminton or something. They play badminton. And they play, like, beach soccer or yep. something. And Yeah. No, he yeah. has this, like, great gag. The girl's just sunbathing, and he just picks up some sand and puts it on her belly. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah! It's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. But which, I mean, fucking amazing. Wasn't it? So, so yeah, this one is, and it's very indicative of, like, what electronic music was in the early 2000s. It's early 2000s dance music, but this, it just yeah. happens to be this particular it's, song. It could have, it could almost be, you know, Sandstorm by Darude. It's... <laughs> That same sort of electronic noise. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. So let's talk about its uh, other counterpart in the early 2000s, which I think is also very indicative of the era it was made in. The Ataris. This one, I remember, I heard it on the radio, it was probably a a year to a year and a half ago. It's the first time I ever heard it. In a co-worker's car, we were driving to a restaurant, and... The name was scrolling by, and I mean, I recognized the song, but I wanted to see who, because I didn't know there were any covers. And it, I was like, oh, this one's by the Adaris. I wonder who the Adaris are. And then, like, didn't quite click that it was the Ataris until much later. Much later. Well, that's my little So this is our first story. one with a uh, lyrical change. Yes. Worth noting. I think noting. the only one yeah. of the lyrical changes that I noticed. Yeah, because uh, what, I, what I noticed, I've always assumed that <clears> he was singing to a woman, but there's nothing in the lyrics... That technically makes that clear. Elaborate. Because he doesn't say, like, you are a woman. <laughs> okay. Because, like, look through it. She's got brown skin. Anybody can have brown skin. Anybody can wear wayfarers or comb their hair back. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a single 
I would say that there are certain things that would, especially in 1984, imply that he's thinking about a woman. Especially if you are talking about your hair being pulled back. Yeah, it's uh, and... a comb back. Which a dude could comb it. I thought he said pulled back. Hang on, let me check. Let me check the original on this. You're gonna make me fucking do this, Alex. I'm pretty sure I'm <laughs> right. Gotta do this. it. Got your hair combed back. Oh, there you go. Is there another part where it says pulled back? Because he does repeat that. Uh, uh, changes uh, the uh, words uh, somewhat. Uh, I can see your brown skin shine. I see you walking. No, because the next one, it's I see you walking real slow. He says your brown skin shine in the sun. Okay, regardless, what is the what is the significance of, of what you're saying? Well, you don't need to change. So, like, when you get a female singer or a male singer, there's nothing to really Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, no, that is good. It definitely, it's, it is vague enough that it... it I guess he says baby. Like, yeah, <laughs> that one works both ways. Probably wouldn't feel the need to change. To yeah, because I think you, you can technically use that both ways. Yeah. 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 So I think it sounds weird either way. Yeah, I don't. I never want to call anyone. Calling someone baby, baby just or babe is very foreign to me. But yeah, I think I babe. I think on, of you know the pig. You know, you're acting kind of shady in calling me baby. Oh yeah. Say my name. Say my name. <laughs> you know, but what are you gonna do? But the Ataris. The Ataris. Um, this is they. This it's more like punky. I yeah, think pop punk. Pop I've punk? written down. Pop punk. Did I write something down like that? Yeah, punk band. Because I feel like real punk. Just looking at the video, yeah. like you look at the it's, guys. It's the early two thousands. It's early two thousands. Like Blink like, One Eighty Two like is at the hot time of their heading game. Heading towards what became emo with in that time frame. Yeah, like they kind of have that haircut. If you look at the. You know, they, there's more distortion. It's, it's you know, it's the it's yeah punky. The one seven five thing is now on a guitar, and I think it was on a synthesizer. Yeah, I think it is. It's, it's all guitar here. Uh, it's uh, some strumming power chords and and the like. And it sounds it's very yeah. You do the muted sort of <clears throat> rhythm bit, or it's like do 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 like a driving. Yeah. Yeah. It's your and, classic uh, punk. I said it was more driven than melancholy this time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this one, I feel like, <clears throat> I like the sound of the guitars and everything, but it I works. feel like it speaks more to, like, how well the composition of the original piece is. Yeah, it, it kind of works in any, yeah, it's in just, any context. Yeah, it's just very effective. Yeah. I don't necessarily think the Ataris hit any, like, brilliant note. No, they just made it into an early 2000s pop punk song. Um, and then they did change. Did we mention the, the lyrical change? We, we mentioned that we there was a lyrical up. change. Oh, I don't think we actually said what it was. So they changed Deadhead to the punk band from the 80s, Black Flag. Black Flag. Isn't really significant to me. I guess it's Nor just something that meant... And I wonder if it's significant to pop punk listeners in general. Let us know, everybody. We weren't really in that scene. Because, you know, when this came out, I was 10. You were 10. That's right. We are uh, the same we age. We don't know what's going on. I mean, I, I was vaguely aware of Avril Lavigne. I don't even know if she was around at that point. Which I think she was. She probably, probably was. was. I don't remember when. Anyway. Yeah. So, you know, if Black Flag is uh, that significant in yeah. this context, let us know because we can't really comment uh, on yeah, it. Tell us if Black Flag is significant to you and also tell us if you also listen to the Ataris. Hmm. There you go. Let's see what the connection is. Hashtag... Black Ataris. Black Ataris. Ataris flag. Ooh, something. Just pick a hashtag. Just add Jake the Cressy. <laughs> That's T-R-E-S-S-Y. <laughs> Just add him. Which brings us to the video. Yes, oh now, my this god, video this video. <laughs> loses some of the nuance, I think. I, so, we so get, yeah. So, but it's got a few it's got a few things in it. First of all, they're in a field mm -hmm. playing their instruments. It's doing band kind of, shots in this. Doing kind of a, a low guitar squat. We got a low slung guitar. Uh, a lot of band, a lot of band shots. They got the sweet hair kind of covering their face. Mm -hmm. It's early two thousands, um, but they really seem. I found like this really focuses on the love story. This is less about uh, like loss of innocence, right. and nostalgia, and mm -hmm. more about the straight. I was in love with you. You left. I want you back. Whatever. Yeah. But there's kind of more to it there, because there's some more... I say it's it's <laughs> uh, on-the-nose symbolism, let's say. It's, I thought this symbolism was all fucking over the place. So I'm, it, it was a little inconsistent. Let's I, start with the weirdest <laughs> thing. She, the woman in the video, like, strokes this tree, 
the year in the tree is 1982. 1982. And then it, and then it scrolls down to 84, which was when the song When the song was released. <laughs> this woman is what you, 20 maybe. 25 at most. Yeah. The video came out in 2003. <clears throat> she would not be old enough to be at all nostalgic for a tree from yeah. 1982 yeah. or 84. I don't know what the significance of the numbers is. The first thing, though, I think chronologically that happens that I noticed was she, ladybug? like, lets the ladybug free. Right. Which is kind of... There's a line in the song... About ladybugs. I, well, no, I mean, there's a part where he says, I should just let him go. Oh, and she symbolically lets the so ladybug go. So she's letting go. go. Now, I don't know if it really works because she's letting the ladybug go, but he's supposed to let yeah. her go because he's the one who can't let her go. I feel like the whole thing was more about the color red than the ladybug specifically. Oh, I didn't pick up the red. Because the dude and the, the main singer is wearing a red shirt. Uh, she drops off those red flowers in at the end of the music video. She has a red hand. Yeah, she's dropping... There's flowers and also, like, paper boats. When, when the ladybug leaves, it pees red on her finger. Only think actually <laughs> oh, yeah. pees, but it's got, like, a red stain on there. But she got one of those ladybugs. And there's a, a Hollywood sign at one point that says red as wine instead of Hollywood. How'd I miss that? It goes so quickly. These things <laughs> just like run at you in this video because they're also, just like, here's some symbolism. Here, there, over here. And you're like, but for what? And it's like, the, I don't know. <laughs> on the topic of insects, there's a very brief shot of, of a, a dragonfly dragon in, in a paper ocean. <laughs> so like, again, kind of suggesting something about having to let something go if you truly love it or whatever. So that's really, mm -hmm. I think, the angle they were going for in this case. Yeah. I don't really, I didn't really think of the, much of the red, though. What did you, what do you actually... Because red is like the color of love, love right? I guess. That's the best okay. I can give this. Because I know... Well, and and there's what, one point on the screen that says, the skies bleed. How did I miss all this Because it just, cause it's like, it's there for a second! <laughs> I, I, and then it's I gone! I was looking, I was writing notes at the same time, I guess, so. It's like, it was so bizarre. That's why I, like, I watched each one once without notes and then again with notes, but it is just like all the symbolism just shows up at random. And I still think it's a little weird that she's doing all the letting go. Go, and her, also, her skin's not brown. It's not remotely brown. No. She's white as fuck. Yeah. Like, pale, has not seen the sun in some time. Again, yeah, the, the like even the imagery of where she is is more, I guess... She's like a field. Yeah. I, mean, I guess I always think of it like... Yeah. Because he's, nobody on the road, nobody on the beach, right? On the beach, yeah. There's no beach. Or the... Yeah, there's not even a fucking lake. Oh, like she does... She throws... She does, the, it, she does I thought it was like, like a river. A, yeah, a river or a pond. <laughs> yeah. She throws it, her red things into something. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a little all over the place. It's, yeah, it's fucking nuts. So um, we could do a quick rating right now, because we've discussed the three music videos. Three music videos? Best to least. What do you got? I mean... I think best is easy. I mean, best is easy, because it's the original, and they kind of understood the direction of the song. Yeah, they it's have the only like, music <laughs> video that really incorporates that. Mm -hmm. The Ataris tried, or whoever directed the video... Yeah. Tried. Stephen and, and something. Stephen they managed to... Murashige or something. I don't know. They managed to actually work in some of the themes, but it's a little bit unclear. And then the DJ Sammy version, where it's basically just a dance party. <laughs> yeah. So that's my that's my order. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Although I could see knocking the Ataris down a bit for being a little misguided. Guided, just, yeah, it's, like, you tried and didn't really work and so you lose marks for that as opposed to dj sammy where it's just like i'm driving and like they actually have a beach yeah and they have kind of like i can i get the like nostalgia we're having a good time thing mm -hmm. in it. Um, i think dj sammy knew the, what like, it was doing around. and did that whereas like the ataris feels like if you did your project at the last minute and hadn't really read the source material like you're doing an English presentation you're like that's getting fucking dragonflies dragonflies and ladybugs and red uh, like, it's artsy boats. shit though huh come yeah. on look how I squat when I play guitar but also I uh, that rat tail alone makes I think DJ Sammy the worst so I'll agree with your rating <laughs> alright sounds like sounds like we got it so that's the order yeah so I think with both the Ataris and uh, DJ Sammy what I've said is that the it loses a lot just because they try to do so much with the instruments. 
they try to make this pop punk thing they try to put this fucking dance beat on and i feel like it strips away from the vocals and the actual like lyrics and point of the song and the tone and we're left with something not as good as the original piece okay but the original is very strong mm-hmm so um, with that one, we move towards, uh, 2010. We take another big break here. A little bit of a jump. To a little band called Paper Cuts. Paper Cuts. Or a guy named Paper yeah, Cuts. Yeah, so it, it centers around a dude. His name's something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a name. Centers around a man with a name who also, like, has other people on. Is this the one that was on an album that was, like, lullabies and sleepy time songs? Probably. These are all on, one of them's just on an album called Mixtape. So. Actually, fun story. Mm-hmm. Two of them are an album called Mixtape. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a different different albums, both called Mixtape. Both called Mixtape. Let's see here. So this one is on the album. That's yeah, not on Mixtape. It's on Bring Me to Sleep, Sing Me to Sleep, Indie Lullabies. Yeah. So, oh, so this is like a compilation it's a compilation of various, of various indie uh, bands. Indie band songs. I don't know if they're all covers. I didn't really look at it. Um, but I did notice. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got Gymnopody, number one. Is that how you pronounce that one? I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna call it Gymnopoly, and if somebody wants to fight me over it, they can. So that one's definitely a cover, because it's classic. Uh, 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 can't get it out of my head. Oh shit, really? Hey, hang, hang on, hang on, we gotta pause this just for, just for a second, just for a sec. Just, it is a cover. Okay. okay. All right, thanks for pausing there. Time. Thanks, time. So for anyway, so, so it's a it's a bunch of cover songs. Um, now it it does sound more like low key. It's it's lullaby esque. I definitely got that from it. Yeah, it's uh, definitely very stripped <clears throat> down. You get that classic uh, yeah. indie like wispy voice. Yeah, it's it's much more. I'm trying to remember. I think this is this one. It's much more driven by the drums. Yeah, it's almost exclusively drums. <clears throat> yeah, like. it's, it's a lot of it. And then there's kind of background vocals that um, outline the chord changes. Yeah. And then, and then the, more instrumentation comes in in the chorus, which I mean it's pretty consistently it happens in most versions where the chorus, the chorus comes up. Is yeah, is a big up. So this is again we keep doing the down mm-hmm. and up kind of transitions, which I think keeps the song interesting. I like the part just before uh, his. Uh, his deadhead sticker verse where it's like just vocals drop off entirely and it's yeah, just it breaks, drums and some right sparse instrumentals. It doesn't have, cause I know for a while, like it does the one seven five thing, mm-hmm. but it's like background vocals mm-hmm. and it's like really quiet and echoey. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, it's this wispy, almost choir esque. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. It's a neat version. Yeah, it's definitely, neat. It's, I it's like definitely it different from the other ones. When the vocals are not at the forefront though. <clears throat> Yeah. Like, at the end, he, he kind of, like, just lowers it in the mix, I think, so it gets swallowed a little more by the instruments. I think that's, like, the best part of this it's version. It's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. It's not do. that I, I... I think his voice is fine. I think it sounds good in the context, yeah. but I just like that part in particular. And I guess analyzing it as a lullaby, because that's what it's supposed what, to be. Or it's... That's what the album's called. album's called. Uh, yeah. I think... I think it works. It's I think kinda, it works. It's a lower-key version and, and, and kind of... And still I, yeah. has the or a lot of the things that the original did mm-hmm. I think uh, it still has or, some life to it yeah it still has some of the like thematic things that had been done successfully in the past but mm-hmm. brings kind of everything down accordingly right and is different because it does really focus on there's it's a lot more driven by the percussion mm-hmm it almost reminds <clears> me <throat> of uh I'm set free by the velvet underground which is from their no, it's from the other the Velvet Underground album. Okay. Um, let's talk though about the 2012 version. We want to jump to Night Ranger. Yeah, Night Ranger live version. Live version. Let's start. I want to start out at the very I, start like, of this. One. I get the idea that they've been covering it for longer than this, but mm-hmm. this particular live recording was from 2012. Yeah, I don't know. ended up as a bonus track on some album. So what I love about this one is it starts out with I'm, I'm just presuming the dude's drunk, but some dude going. Yeah! <laughs> I must have missed that. <laughs> it's great. It's my favorite part of the song, I think. But this one uh, puts a lot of the work on the piano. 
Yes, there's a well. It's, there's a lot more piano here. Uh, there's, I think, a twelve-string guitar, but I'm no expert. Yeah, it's definitely an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, playing some stuff, and uh, I think they start playing that one five seven. It sounds like harmonics. Too. This is why you think it's you got your hair pulled back. It's like a bing bing. Because Night Ranger bing, says it on this bing. one. Oh really? Yes. That might be why. Because that's how I've got it written. I because I wrote the quote for it, and that's what I wrote down. So. They must say that. I believe it. And then, uh, yeah, so after that beginning, the, the 157 goes to the piano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's very faithful in terms of the composition and that it, like, it follows it note for note almost. Except for some solos, maybe? Some solos? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I got distracted. Alex. <clears throat> Turn on being solos. professional. Yep. Chorus, harmonics. Yes, no, harmonies. They yeah, do they do the harmonizations which, on some parts of the chorus. Fun story. The Eagles do a lot of harmonies. Hey, look at that. <laughs> Probably unrelated, but it's true. Yeah, I don't know if I actually... Because I know some other tracks, some of the later ones we're going to look at, do that as well. But on this one in particular, I don't feel like the harmonizations actually helped. No, not really. Uh, I agree. But it, it's there. <laughs> Yeah, it's there. I'll tell you so that. Like, they're trying I'll tell things. You that. And I also right here, Mr. Night Ranger isn't a bad singer because I don't know. Mr. Night Ranger. <laughs> Mr. Night Ranger. But yeah, he's he's got a good voice. Nothing wrong with him. And uh, there's a lot of more acoustic guitar solos. Yeah. And I wrote there's a riff that comes up like two times. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember what it is now. It's like, uh, but no, there's like, I don't know. There's like a riff like that comes up kind of near the end that they play, and then they play it right at the end again. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what's significant about it. I just wrote it down. Ah! <laughs> well, bad form, bad form. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't recognize that riff myself, or at least didn't... It's didn't really, note very it. short. Okay. Anyway. I, I noted know. here that it's, it's actually like really crisp. Like the <laughs> audio is actually very strong for being a live recording. Yes. Sometimes 2012, maybe better in 2012. Yeah, I know some maybe. of them sometimes are terrible. Yeah, sometimes they're pretty rough. But like this one, I like because I was like, is this actually a? Live? I didn't think it was live until I didn't realize it was live until the end. Yeah. When there were people cheering. Cheering, yeah. Because at the start you hear the one dude go, yeah. <laughs> and at the end you hear the cheering. Oh, I and I missed that guy. And you missed the dude so. at the beginning. So how would you know? I don't know anything. So yeah, overall, this isn't a bad one. I think it's. I think if I went to see Night Ranger yeah. live, which is unlikely, and they played this, I'd probably have a good time. Oh, yeah. I, but yeah, I would follow for any of these acts. I'd still be like, yeah, the Ataris are playing Boys of Summer. I guess so. I'm not just going to, like... I would not go to an Atari show. Sorry, the Ataris. Sorry, but... the Ataris. You're not seeing us. Now we got to go to an Atari show. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, if we ever do a Patreon, we'll make that one of the, like... Money goals. Money goals. Send goals. us to see the Ataris. The Ataris. And or get the Ataris back together. <laughs> and or resurrect the Ataris. We'll never I know. I don't know what they're doing now. They could be dead. Sounds expensive. We're going to need pledges. We're going to need pledges. But what we're going to need to do now is cover the next track. The next track, which I have uh, Front Country That's version? correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Who is surprisingly... So, Classed as bluegrass. Progressive not bluegrass. Prog bluegrass. Prog bluegrass. I looked them up immediately. Nice. So we're gonna I'm gonna have to check out some of their progressive bluegrass. Hell yeah. Um this, this is this is good. the album is called Mixtape. <laughs> this is the first mixtape. I just wanted album. to note that. <laughs> Alright. First one called Mixtape. Um, so we get a real. This is a real acoustic version of it. Yeah, kind of stringed. It's a lot, a lot of guitars and banjos. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there might even be a mandolin. There's probably a mandolin. There's definitely a violin. There's definitely a violin. Maybe it's a fiddle. Uh, I think it's a violin. Could be a fiddle. I don't is know, there I don't even really a difference? I just call it a fiddle if it's like country music. Okay. But so the beginning of this one, they they don't have the the like um, hi hat playing, mm-hmm. but it's that part is played on a like a muted. I think it's a banjo. It could be a guitar, yeah. but it kind of sounds like a banjo to me. But not an expert, could so be a like, mandolin. Just could be. <laughs> only because like it kind of like a, a banjo is stretched across like a drum, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind of sounds like that to me. Yeah. 
but uh, I could be way off base. Yeah, I have no method for determining exactly. I don't what either. It is. It's just kind of vaguely. Maybe it's just in my head. Yeah. Because then the banjo comes in and plays the one seven five. Right. And then and I have the bass is actually playing the chord changes. Right. And the yeah, guitar yeah. is play, plays the intro riff and like probably plays other riffs. I didn't take too many notes. No, I don't, I don't take a lot. I like the solos is where this one really takes off for me. Because the violin and fiddle. It's, those are sick. Yeah. They just cut through the mix so well and give it give this song really its own life. This cover version yeah. gets a lot of life from and that. An, this is another version with a female, female vocalist. Female vocalist. And I think she does a great job. She does a good job. It's not like the DJ Sammy version where it's just kind of like it is there. It is this definitely there. This one has there. a little bit of emotion to it and like... Some parts, uh, I think I wrote down one part. There's are a little bit of harmonizations on this one as well, and I think they go better than in the Night Ranger The Night Ranger harmonizations weren't that great. They weren't great. They were just kind of there. So, I don't know. These ones, yeah. Yeah, and like, even with, we get a lot of instruments on this, but I don't think the instrumentation overall is quite as complex as it might suggest. You get some, like, some stings from some instruments, so just, yeah. like, brief chords, but... Not the same as the noodling you would get on the original version. Yeah, I really like this one. I think it's a strong contender for being possibly one of the best versions yeah. of it, aside no, from agree. the original. It's pretty solid. So following that, we get into another one with Do the another, female vocalist. Another punk version. Is this one punk? Yeah, it's kind of punk. Uh, no, you know, you know what it called them mm -hmm. was grunge pop. Which pop. I'm not like. Oh, because so kind of like a great like at telling, Sonic Youth inspired, maybe. Maybe I'm not great at telling. Like I don't know what the difference between grunge and punk is per se. Because I really? I went to I probably told this story before. I went to the the um, EMP museum in Seattle, and they had a whole um they had a whole thing exhibit on and it was talking about like what I would call well mm -hmm. Nirvana mostly yeah. but also talking about like other grunge what I would call grunge mm -hmm. but it never used the word grunge once it was all punk right they, so I don't know do they know more than me probably so <laughs> I'm kind likely. of I've deferred to that so I, I'm, I'm very uh, cautious about using the word right. grunge. So who did it call, who did it not call grunge that you would call grunge? Well, other groups that I always assumed were grunge. Such like, as? Like Soundgarden and other, well, just like other kind of gr groups from the time that, again, I'm not, I don't know a whole lot about it, but it would all, basically, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, and Nirvana are the three yeah, that they talked about, but I was like, that's grunge, no, but they didn't use the word grunge, I don't know okay. what that means. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you what that means. But anyway, Wikipedia called them grunge pop. Okay. I can, I guess I can see that. I don't know if this one comes off that grungy to me. Uh, driving drum beat, but it's not the same drum beat. I don't think anybody uses the exact same drum beat as the original. No, probably not. I think, um, they, I think a lot of them just go for a standard kind of form. They do come in. They play the intro lick, but it's very distorted. Yeah. And maybe even it's hard it's, to say. I want to say it's sloppy. The riff comes but I'm in. Not, I don't want to judge. Very late on this. One. Maybe that's what's so. It's actually not there until uh, I should just let it go. But and then after that verse goes. Sorry, I mean the like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So yeah, sorry, I'm talking about the one seven five. The one seven five. Yeah. Yeah. And this one is definitely playing the guitar, also distorted. Mm-hmm. See, I guess because they have dis <clears throat> distortion, they're grunge, but since they got a poppy singer, it's yeah. pop. <laughs> and um, I said the bass was more plodding in this one. Yeah. It's very like, bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Bum. Yeah, I can see that. So that, the, and it's playing the changes, the chord changes. Um, there's a lot of vocal overdubbing. Mm-hmm. And I said it was sound a little airy. Yeah, got that sound we, to it. It's it's similar to uh, the Paper Cuts version in terms of the vocals, but this one with a yeah, female. yeah. And so, just just a question because I didn't actually watch it, but I know we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Would you call this a, a Riverdale indie bullshit cover of the song? Or it's no? I don't think it's Not sad quite. enough. I don't Not think it's enough. like okay. like it's getting there. But it's not doing a cover of Brick House, kind of like, because <laughs> I think I think that's the like two key parts of a Riverdale bullshit cover. Is part of Riverdale it, on the CW on the network? CW network? Yeah, and also Netflix. Oh yeah, of course. 
is that you need to be like it needs to be a song that does not need that kind of treatment and also just an excessive <laughs> use of that sad treatment. Fair enough. So there's a lot more leeway with Boys of Summer because than it has is. that melancholy. Exactly. Okay. And I think even the vocals are not quite bullshitty sad enough. Okay. Like she's, right. I like they do. Uh, she says she just <laughs> let him go, but and then there's almost like everything drops off. Like there's a complete cut of instrumentation, and you're like, oh shit. But yeah, I don't think this one quite hits as well as some of the other cover versions. I think it's. I think I would still listen to it over the Ataris or DJ Sammy, honestly. I, I wouldn't listen to the DJ Sammy version. Yeah. Just because that's not really my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Or my boathouse. Or any other house I own. None of the many homes you live in. Um, none of them contain DJ Sammy. No. But uh, I know... I'm sure people... I can see why people would like the Atari's version, because I know there are a lot of people who like that style of music like. over maybe something from the 80s, but not me. <laughs> yeah, not, not, my, not my thing. Fair enough. Also, not a house. Also, I feel like Daddy Issues is a good band name. Yeah, I was shocked that they, like, the another, like, in the Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. it mentioned, like, they realized there wasn't another band called that, so they formed the band. How now, was there not insane. another band called that before, like, 2014? Also made me think I should start a magazine called Daddy, and then each one would be like, Daddy Issue 1, Daddy <laughs> Issue 2. <laughs> uh, I don't know to be can't copyright that. that term, so I yeah, think it's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. Or you probably could, in specific context, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a problem, is what I'm saying. You could fight it. Yeah. So right. I do like that this one strips down the instrumentals, though, until yeah. it comes to that last bit where the, the classic riff comes in. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good use of that technique. I think there's some fun things done in this one, but yeah, overall, I think it falls a little flat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of falling too flat, hey, Mark Arelli. Mark Arelli. Arelli. Arelli we mark. 2018. Also on an album called Mixtape. Also on an album called Mixtape. This is an album of covers, I believe. Yeah. So when I was talking about songs that were like all like covers of this that were all down notes and no up, this is the one I was thinking of. Okay. Because he doesn't rise up on the chorus. It's all just sad throughout. Doesn't he rise up? No, he doesn't. He's got a church organ. Does. Or is it an organ? Or is, it an electric, is there an electric piano? Probably an electric well? piano. I don't know. I just put down church organ. Mm, there could be both. I, I don't. I could definitely see this being played in the This one didn't stick with me. I would honestly much. say. I would honestly argue for this being closer to a Riverdale bullshit cover than Maybe. The, the previous there one. There were a few interesting things in that he kind of changed up the instrumentation mm-hmm. between um, each uh, verse, right? Chorus. Yeah. So there's a sort of so progressive like, idea, and it kind of changes who's doing like. In the original, it was kind. Of, there'd kind of be like a like the guitars would do like play the chord, and then before they change to the next chord, do a little flourish or, or a little lick, yeah, lead into the next one. Not such an uncommon thing, but there's a little while between. It's I think between the first verse and the second. No, between the first chorus and the second verse or something. I don't remember. There's a point in time where like that's happening, but on the bass, mm-hmm. kind of like more basic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but I don't necessarily do anything for the song. Yeah, I thought kind of, it did just kind of like switch, like switched up stuff. what was happening. I thought most of the focus was definitely on <clears throat> his vocals, though. Yeah. He almost, like, sometimes he almost did a kind of like American Idol thing where you kind of over chew on each syllable, you know, you're like, Dude, like runs or whatever. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. It did I, it at least once. I was, maybe, it was the last one I did, so. Yeah. Unfortunately, I might have been a little burnt out on writing notes. Yeah. Maybe I should spread this out over a couple days for responsibility purposes. No, right? I did this all this fucking morning. <laughs> this afternoon. This afternoon. <laughs> so and the solo is on... Either an electric piano or some kind of organ. Yeah. I wasn't totally sure. It was, it was good though. Like there's a lot of it's a very modern approach on this one. It sounds like what a like a yeah. modern band would do for this one, but I don't think it stands out as being. Yeah, this one is actually from I think this year. Yeah, it's 2018. It's 2018 version, so it's a good thing we didn't do this before now. That's right. Or Thank we would God. have one less thing to talk. One about. One less thing to talk about. All right, Ooh, let's fuck it. Let's fucking bring it to the top and bottom. There's on this not one. a whole lot to talk about that one. I agree. Let's K okay, Alex. What's your top? 
Top. Ah, uh, jeez. I'm like, I don't want to keep saying the original. <laughs> I might. We, well, how's about? Because you're gonna say the original, so pick a good cover along with it. Okay, so uh, not counting the original, I'm gonna say Front Country. Yeah, that's I liked a solid their choice. version, and uh, they had some cool instrumentation, and it was definitely more interesting than Night Rangers. Was a little more straightforward. Uh, not really into punk stuff all that much. Uh, at least not this kind of pop punk. Um, and uh, the paper cuts was cool too, but I'm going to say Front Country. Yeah, that's a good call uh, for myself. Like, obviously, obviously, Don Henley's version is the best version, I think. There's no question about that. It's that's the reason there's so many covers of it, is because it is so good. Yeah. But yeah, <clears throat> in terms of that, I do like paper cuts, and I like that it's paper from a. I like the album it's from. That I'm more excited about looking into that than I am about the one the song, song itself. But, it does sound kind of neat. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you 100% on this as well. I think Front Country is the best cover. It holds a lot of what makes the original song good, that sort of melancholy, like nostalgic-looking-back tone. Mm -hmm. But it adds a lot of its own flavor in terms of the instruments it uses and like the vocalist and everything. It's, I think it's a very strong more cover. More bluegrass. More bluegrass, less poo-grass, as poo I always say. Grass. Now, what's the worst version? Yeah, that's a good question. Now, I think... There's a lot of better or worse decisions, and I don't even necessarily dislike this version, but I have to give it to DJ Sammy, just because it kind of missed the mark. Yeah. And the other ones at least tried, or they saw kind of the themes that were there. This is basically just turning it into a dance song. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, but mm -hmm. it really just doesn't fit really yeah i think you tone. could strip the the lyrics and vocals from it and it would still be pretty much yeah. the same although i will say this i looked at the album and it has also a cover of el condor pasa oh shit this is wild <laughs> i have to add that to the list um i don't know how many versions of that there are but there could be as many as one it could be other versions. well i mean there's definitely those two versions and i'm sure other yeah. people because it's like an Argent I think Argentinian? I should have looked it up. Yeah, a fucking the video was filmed in something or other. Spain or something, I want to say. Not not the DJ Sammy. Oh, okay, yeah. The El Condor Paso. I shouldn't talk about El Condor Paso. Don't talk about El Condor Paso on this podcast that's exclusively about the boys of summer. The boys. The boys. Of summer. Um, so yeah, that's your nomination for worse. I'd agree yeah. with you on this. Should we oh. come up with something when we fucking <laughs> we just agree? Look at us Completely? just agreeing on it. Well, it's either that or I pick like Mark Marcarelli because I just don't think yeah his version did a lot and like because I feel like Night Ranger still skirts by because like it was good and also like they just kind of do it live for yeah. fun so I feel like they can't I can't exactly. fault them for it's that it's like how I like the cold chisel version of Wild Thing they're having yeah. too much of a good time for me to say no yeah so it's it's right in there with with that right up there with that so. Yeah, and like I said, I don't even really dislike the DJ Sammy version. Like, it's fine if you don't think about it too much. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, if it came on, I'll probably still listen to it, but... <laughs> so, like, and, yeah, it's not my favorite style of music, but, like, it's not... All I have in my I mind is think. this image of that fucking rat tail. <laughs> got that rat tail. Check out that video. Well, we're, I'm gonna try and find where DJ Sammy is now and see if he's still rocking that. Where's DJ Sammy? Who knows? Probably. probably. Is that where all DJs go to die, or...? He's just from Sweden. Oh, okay. That's fair. I could be wrong on that. I don't know. All right, Alex. Let's let's top this off with a segment I'm calling Ooh. Looking Back on the Memories. Ooh, thematic. Thematic. So, hey, damn, I didn't even mean to do that. I was just phoning in segments like <laughs> I always do. <laughs> Eventually, we'll rotate them. I don't know when. Looking back. So, just a, just a musical question of your past. What sure. was the first album you ever bought? I'll accept cassette or CD that or both. I purchased that myself. you yourself purchased. Uh, geez, I don't remember. I could tell you what was probably the first CD I owned. Mm -hmm. Give me that then. Uh, was the Backstreet Boys Millennium? I got it for my oh, birthday. Shit. I had that on cassette. Yeah. Um, I I think it was the first CD I personally owned. My family probably had other CDs, but that one was like that one was yours. That one was mine. I actually wrote my name on it in a gel pen. Nice. <laughs> what? How old were you? What birthday? Um, I don't. Millennium would have I to be two thousand, right? So you'd be like seven, maybe eight. I was probably. Like, I mean, Millennium. Yeah, I, I would have been seven in two thousand. I don't yeah. know if it was my birthday in two thousand. I don't remember exactly when the album came out. Probably two thousand. Uh, probably two thousand, but like when it came out versus when I got it, right? And like. 
So I could have been seven or eight, probably. Okay. Now, my first album has actually been talked about already on the podcast. Yes. This is the wildly I popular think. Prozac Saturday Night People in grade six. I've been six years old, six or seven. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And I listened to that a lot on both sides. Play one side, flip it over, hit the other. I would rewind things to play. Did you ever do that with cassettes? Mm. Try to play just one track again? The worst. Probably. The worst. I, I, I didn't really have a lot of... Well, no, we had cassettes with, like, children's songs on oh, them. Oh, yeah. Me too. It was Prozac. Uh, <laughs> mostly. And and then, like, I think we pr- went pretty hard on CDs pretty fast. I didn't really have fast. music before then. Okay. Other than, like, we had, like, a Norman Foote tape and a Fred Penner tape. And right. A, what are they? Sharon Lewis and Bram tape and all that stuff. So that's that's what I had on tape. And I don't I don't think I was quite so we probably did our fair share of rewinding i don't remember it though i don't remember anything from the 90s pretty much fair enough i often blame prozac for my uh my poor ideas about love i thought you're just supposed to pine for it constantly and also be british yeah i mean i didn't even listen to prozac or at I least that ripped in spanish <laughs> <laughs> mildly spanish or something his guitar is spanish i think he's uh like austrian maybe I believe it. Yeah. Austrian. Austrian. So that's, yeah, hit us with your first album, hashtag my first album, at Jake the Cressy on Twitter. That's the end of this episode. As always, I'm going to hit us with one of our banger catchphrases. But first, I just got to, you know, do housekeeping and say, yeah, if you guys have done a cover of this song or any of the ones we've done <laughs> in the past, hit us up hit with us it up. on Twitter. Send it to me. I'll play it. I'll shout out your band. We'll do a short review or something. I don't know. Ask us questions about music. We don't know what we're doing yet. What the, we don't. We we're never going to know what we're doing. But if you want to help us anyway, <clears throat> hit us up. Hit up. As we always say, you, you got it covered. Keep it covered. Cover me. Also, if you have a fucking closing catchphrase, <laughs> please hit me up because I have no idea what I'm doing with that. And don't forget, everyone, be covered to each other.